welcome to well, the what? Well, yeah, we'll figure that out in a moment, I guess. Yeah. But I'm Anson Mount. Oh, and I'm Brandon Edgens, that's right. <laughs> and first of all, how about that funky new intro music? You dig it? I dig it. Thanks, man. That's great. How did you do that? Uh, Garage Band. I took uh, Jonathan Meyerberg's original tracks, and originally they had, they have the alternate theme, and I took out some of his tracks and put it in the piano, and I just kept deleting tracks and adding tracks. I had a couple of guitars and a and a bass. Mm. Funky? Very. Funky enough for you? Very funky. All right, so... That is the new theme for these mid-season shows that we are calling. Yeah. Uh, we Well, first of all, just to remind people, we're between seasons, and instead of losing touch with you, we decided that we would you know, do some episodes that didn't require so much research and legwork and, and editing. Um, so we figured that we would just go ahead and occasionally uh, catch up with you guys by letting you know what we're listening to and watching and experiencing this summer that's making us excited. And um, maybe you'll have something to add to your reading list or your watch list. Uh, but we didn't know what to call these Between Seasons episodes, so we put out a, a contest. Um, and we have some finalists. And we got a lot of really cool suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were some obvious ones, some not so obvious ones, some very smart ones. Uh, things that spring to mind like uh, the divining rod and right. things like that. Uh, uh, the, the witching. Oh, the witching. I didn't yeah, see that one. Well, I've got fi- five on my uh, finalist list. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, we'll start with Bucket Dips by Martin Osborne. Bucket Dips. Uh, then A Drop in the Well. A drop in that the came well. in from Bogdan Orlick. Uh, well wishes uh, hmm. came in from Paul Winstonley. Uh, I like this one. The Shallows. Adam Sanders sent that to us, and then uh, Tom Lond uh, shared with us just the bucket. The bucket. Yeah, I like the bucket. I think it looks nice on the page. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, I'm worried about you know I am I mass amount I am right now. Just welcome to the bucket. <laughs> it sounds a little bit too much there like once a limerick was a man from, from Nantucket. Nantucket. <laughs> right. It could it, it'll go that way. And here's the thing: it'll end up there eventually. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you? Uh, let's see. I, uh, I, there's uh, similar to the shallows. There was the puddle mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Bob Durham. Uh, and there was the drop from Mi Chang. The drop. The drop. See, I, I like, like the that. well drop. I like a drop in the well. Right, yeah. A lot of things were, a lot of suggestions were drip or drop into something or other. And I thought, that's all the right idea, but I kind of like a two-word thing. And also it has a dual meaning. The drop. Right. And we're dropping some knowledge. We're, dro- we're, dro- <laughs> we're dropping something. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's like a care package that yeah. you didn't ask for, yeah. full of full of uh, full of stuff that you may not have time to even do. <laughs> okay, the drop. So the drop. It's going to be the drop. We're going to go with the drop. Sorry, Bogdan, but you know what? Um, we'll go ahead and sh- give you shared credit for this one since mm-hmm. you were the first one to say a drop, and uh, we'll give you a shout out on our social media. And thank you to everybody who sent us your ideas. Yes, yeah, so thanks to me, Chang for coming up with yeah thanks Rob. and just one more thing before we start i promise that we'll get to our recommendations in a second but i have to give brandon a special thank you this week 
for marrying me and my wife and our second wedding. We had a fantastic... Well, what we did is we, we threw a housewarming party for our friends and family. But what we were actually doing is we were setting up a surprise second wedding. Because our first wedding was at City Hall and nobody was able to make it there except for Brandon and Sharon and a couple other people. But Brandon served as the master of ceremonies and did a fantastic job. Uh, struck exactly the right tone kept it light, kept people laughing, which is very important since it was 100 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> but how was that for you? Um, fine. Uh, no, it was, it, was, it was an honor. I, I was happy that y'all had uh, more of a script in mind than you at first let me believe. Because at first, I just got a text from Anson saying like, hey, you know, the whole ceremony's up to you. Surprise us, good luck. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? How seriously do I take this? Do I make it elaborate? Do I make it short? We'd been planning this for a very long time. Actually, we've been planning this since the night we got engaged. Mm -hmm. And you you have to tell that story. Oh, uh, it was 4th of July. We're at a professor's house in Swanee, Tennessee. Uh, Anson and Dara went down to the lake so he could propose under the fireworks at Lake Cheston. And uh, everyone knew what was going on except Dara, I think, right? Um, She had an idea. She had an idea, yeah. You know, they, they disappear off into the darkness, the fireworks happen, and then a few minutes later they come running back, very excited, and Dara runs up to me and grabs me and goes, you're marrying us! And I'm like, yes, it is nice that we're all going to spend our lives together. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 you're marrying us! I'm like, yes, I know, it's a, it's a beautiful metaphor, Dara, for the way in which our lives will always... Connect in some way. She didn't realize you didn't know that I was planning. <laughs> yeah, and then and then like I think I can't remember. There was more miscommunication, and then five ten minutes later, she's like, "You are performing the ceremony." I'm like, "Oh, I get it now." Oh God, I didn't really think about it that much until <laughs> recently. But we planned. We, we I, I brought in uh, the the kite ceremony. It's yeah. a Hmong ceremony. I'm very happy that I was able to add that. It was great to the thing, and uh, some a surprise musical performance, and yes. uh, some other things. I was happy I could. Uh, I had some surprises even for you, even that you that you was Dara, that, that you was know was coming. That was the live rendition uh, that you and Andrew and Leah uh, put together the your your rendition of our song, which is. Good Night Moon by Will Kimbrough and had us dance on our back porch to it. It was beautiful. Yeah, I think it's one of my my favorite parts. The whole thing was the whole thing was really nice. It's always great to have everybody to see all the see, especially to see all the deaths. It's sort of always my dream to see all these people from different parts of your life all in the same place at the same mm. time. There's just something so gratifying about that. It's kind of a kind of a dream. Yeah. And um, as we said before, these sort of in-between seasons episodes, they're really a chance for us to keep up with you guys while we don't have to do such heavy lifting with regular episodes, which require a lot of research, a lot of editing. And we're just basically sharing with you everything that's catching our attention this summer, which are conversations Bran and I normally have. We're just going to record them now so that you can... If you listen, if you want, maybe if you're looking for something to put put on your reading list or on your movie list, uh, hopefully we can help you out with that. So with that said, what has got your attention right now, Brandon? Uh, I think the first thing that got me excited was that a previous guest on The Well, Mm -hmm. Lou Barlow, uh, has 
we got back together with his band Sebado. Oh wow! And uh, recorded and released a new album oh, uh, a month or two ago. And uh, this is a surprise dance, and everyone he doesn't know what I'm about to do here. Uh, I uh, stopped by before I show at Bowery Ballroom and interviewed him again. What? Um, uh, in his car. <laughs> so it was hot as hell. <laughs> we discussed uh, the, the the album and uh, you know what it's like to sort of be a elder statesman of. Uh, of indie rock, uh, he bristled at the term that he was a becoming an elder statesman. <laughs> Threatened to throw me out of the car. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> this, this interview is over. Did you just what you call me? <laughs> I thought you'd be cool. <laughs> Great. So, are you planning on doing like an update episode? I thought we could tease a little bit. Here and oh, there, great. just just little bits, because it's. I don't think we. I don't know if we have enough for a full episode, mm-hmm. but we could certainly drop in a few little pieces. He, well, actually, his bandmate Jason Lowenstein, mm-hmm. a longtime partner, uh, probably Lou's most consistent musical partner, uh, wrote this song called "Phantom." Uh, it's the first track on the new album about he had a stalker. Yeah, I mean, I thought I remember when we recorded that. I mean, I hadn't really, I hadn't even viewed it through that lens when we did it. I just thought it was a really excellent kind of, you know, paranoid, just a wonderful paranoid thing. And, and Jason's scratch vocals historically have been among some of the best vocals I've ever heard in my life. What's that noise? His initial vocals to Phantom were had such a scent, and they almost made me like have a like acid or some sort of psychedelic flashback because he was like he had this tension in his voice that was like that that weird like that that you get when something is coming on, and he's obviously talking about fear in that, but it, it just it was very the way his vocals really did trigger that that feeling a really breathless like. Feeling of paranoia in the house. I mean, if I hear a strange sound, what's that noise? Who's in the kitchen? Fuck yeah! I mean, <laughs> and I really encouraged him, and I. And he was like, he didn't finish the lyrics quite, and he's like, oh shit, you know, I, there's a whole other verse that I didn't do. I'm like, just repeat the first verse. <laughs> People do that all the time. It's completely acceptable. Some of our favorite songs have just repeated verses in them. Like, just do it. And he's like, well, okay, <laughs> and he did it, and it was, you know, I, but yeah, the. Yeah, there's there's a there's some real stuff in that. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm digging the new Sebado record a lot. Uh, makes me happy to hear they haven't lost it at all. It's really, really, really wonderful. It's called, I love the title, Act Surprised. All right. <laughs> and the album cover, you should check out and get Anson's response. Here's his Anson's response to the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most mundane album cover I've ever seen in my life. It's it great. It's three guys dressed sensibly for cool weather, sitting on a park bench, Looking, I don't know, how would you describe their expressions? Uh, like they're waiting for something to happen. <laughs> patience. Yeah, yeah, patience. And a middle-aged sort of resignation, perhaps. Yeah, right, right, right. 
<laughs> anyway, we'll, oh, we'll provide links for that album yeah. on uh, on our show notes. And uh, speaking of, we should probably mention if you haven't heard the interviews that Brandon did with Lou Barlow, they're from uh, towards the end of our first season, and you can find them on our website at thewellpod.com. Uh, and they're well worth listening to. I love those episodes. Yeah, I do too. They're some of, some of my favorites. So that's my music kick All right. for uh, for this episode and yours. Or do you have one? I don't know if I... I didn't bring in any music uh, to talk about today. <laughs> did you not do your homework? I did, but it didn't cover music. <laughs> I started with... Uh, I thought I'd start out with books. Oh, okay. And um, I was asked this question recently... Uh, at Star Trek Las Vegas, the convention, uh, if there was one book I could recommend right now, what would it be? And I just happened to mention that Ethan Peck, who plays Spock in Star Trek Discovery, he gave me a copy of A Canticle for Leibowitz by Walter M. Miller, Jr. And uh, this is one of the best science fiction books I've ever read. Uh, it's the only novel that he published in his lifetime. He was a, a gunner in World War II, and he was involved in the destruction of the largest abbey, Catholic abbey in Europe at the time, and wow. it really messed with him, and he later wow. became a Catholic. And in this book, um, to make to, to explain the plot would be very, very difficult, but he basically takes religion and politics and science, and he just sort, sort of throws them into this situational cage match, and it's... Wonderfully written. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's uh, a canticle for Leibowitz by Walter M. Miller Jr. It's still in print. Well, what's the? Um, I guess not the plot per se, but like the setting, like or sci-fi, like what? It's it's far future post-apocalyptic. Okay. And it it uh, is set in this one Catholic abbey uh, that has dedicated themselves to collecting. Um, pieces of technology from the previous world in order to try and piece together oh what God. what uh, the age of, of reason and the age of, of science had had done. And they've lost most of the records. They have no idea what happened, how it happened. And it's been a lot of it's been replaced by mythology. Uh, but they're this sort of Jesuit order that, that is dedicated to, to piecing these things together. That's really good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good. Book. That's cool. Yeah, have you been reading anything recently? Yes, I have been reading the Animal Dialogues: Uncommon Encounters in the Wild by Greg Childs. I think it was oh. published. I'm now looking at 2009. Um, it's a it's nonfiction. He's a uh, a naturalist who's written a lot about uh, conservation issues and. Uh, and as he's kind of moved around and you know, lived his life, he's had a lot of stories that didn't quite fit into whatever project he was working on. So he took all of these sort of mystical encounters that he's had with animals over the years. And this guy goes on really, to most people's minds, dangerous excursions into the wild, you know, solo trips into the Badlands for six weeks. You know, mm. and he does that routinely. That's most of his. Seems like a lot a portion of his life was just being by himself out in the woods, and um, uh, and he separates it into like mammals, birds, reptiles, and things like that. Or the kind of encounters that he's had. The whole book is amazing, but the chapter about his encounter with a mountain lion is one of the scariest things I've ever read. Really, anything because. He just, you know, he puts you in his shoes in that moment. 
and he thought he understood this animal. He saw it. He saw it walk away. He waited for a while, and he said, he's long gone. He goes to the watering hole. He turns around, and it's just sitting under a bush looking at him. And and then it starts to stalk him. It starts to come right at him. But it's coming at him slowly because he they make eye contact. I mean, um, a mountain lion's normal MO is to sneak up and pounce and you know ambush. And even after being seen and recognized, he had a, he moved into a different strategy, which was, I'm going to come at you. You're <laughs> going to get scared, and you're going to turn and run. <laughs> and when you do, you're dead. <laughs> because I can run faster than you, and I have millions of years of evolution behind me that has designed me to do one thing, which is kill in the first second right. of contact. And I do it from behind. So it was this bluff of like, are you going to pretend you're not scared? Are you going to pretend that you're going to stare me down and not turn and run? And because this thing never broke his pace, he never wavered. He came out from under the bush and made a beeline at the guy, but slowly making eye contact with him the whole time in trying to intimidate him. Mm -hmm. This animal knew its power to intimidate. And while this animal is starting to slowly try to circle around him, he's having to turn his whole body and maintain eye contact and knowing his life depends on never breaking eye contact. And it goes on. I don't know who, who knows how long it really went. I think for him, I'm sure it felt like forever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It probably went on for like five minutes, but that would be five minutes that I would be crapping my pants. <laughs> he obviously lived through the experience, but I won't, uh, I won't give away the ending. All right. So anyway, that is the animal dialogues. Uncommon Encounters in the Wild by Greg Childs, and it was sent to me by my good friend Will Atha. Thanks, Will. All right. Yeah. And uh, I thought we'd touch on movies, which I don't think we did last time. Or no, we did a little bit um, mm-hmm. with the 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 uh, biggest little farm. We talked about that. Oh yeah. But this time I wanted uh, since recording last time I happened to catch First Man by Damien Chazelle about. Um, about um, the moon landing mm-hmm. and and, and uh, man we've chosen a job so difficult requiring so many technological developments we're gonna have to start from scratch I was riveted by this movie from the very beginning mm. from that that um, when he was doing the the test flights in the X X fifteen, fifteen or something, yeah. The one of the, the the experimental plane that the Air Force was working on at that time that could go into low orbit, and uh, just being in that cockpit, in that little pressure cooker with him, when he almost get he almost gets pulled out into space, and has to figure out how to get back into Earth's orbit using his his the jets on his wings, and it's um, man. I thought it was just very well made, technically very impressive, and I loved the whole cast. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Claire Foy was on fire, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, really the the actor who who played um, uh, Buzz Aldrin, Corey Stoll. I've always liked his work. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was great. No, I like I said, I mean, it's was, it was well put together. Really, I mean, like so, like I said, like flawlessly executed. Yeah. Anyways, First Man, it's on HBO right now, but I'm sure that you can probably buy it on Amazon or 
Um, maybe it might still be in theaters somewhere because I think it is going to be a nominated film. Uh, one story that I remember, I knew of the story before watching it, but uh, the episode when he, they sent the, it was called the uh, the flying bed or something. It was that first attempt at a moon lander. They were testing it on the ground and he was so close to dying in that accident and he rejected at the very last second and landed and everyone that all the other test pilots oh yeah yeah uh heard about what happened and thought that's insane that's <laughs> nuts i can't believe it and they go in and they expect to find him at least a little rattled it was only like two hours later and he's just sitting there doing paperwork <laughs> yeah. and they're like you okay man yeah i gotta get this uh gotta get this report finished like and, and everyone was like this guy he's a machine <laughs> yeah and that scene was incredible yeah that 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 shot of him ejecting mm-hmm. from his POV down at his feet mm-hmm. just before that that experimental craft explodes. Oh, it was it, incredible. It, it, cinematically, it puts you in his seat uh, in a way that was pretty. A lot of films want to pop out of that POV because they want to give you a kind of a cool shot or a, you know a sort of a god's eye perspective on what's happening. But it put you in his perspective, and it was a lot of chaos, a lot of disorientation, and a lot of, like, how, how do you know what's up in this situation? How do you know what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, he was made of different stuff. Yeah, The definitely. right stuff. You been watching anything on television? Yeah, uh, The Boys on Amazon. Oh, how was that? I loved it. Really? Yep. People love superheroes. They swoop out of the sky and save the day. Pardon my French, fuck those fuckers. I've got the boys together. It starts off with a really simple premise. I think that was proposed by Seth Rogen. Mm. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what if uh, people with superpowers were not moral? What if they were corrupt? Yeah. Real simple question. It manages to to explore these very thorny questions of morality and power without ever seeming at all preachy. I mean, it moves along in a really nice clip. There's a lot of great surprises. Uh, the star of the show, who is a Quaid, he mm. is Meg Ryan and Randy. Mm-mm. No, Dennis. Dennis right, Quaid right, right. and Meg Ryan's son, and whose first name is blanking. He looks exactly like what would happen if Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan had a kid, <laughs> which they did. It's probably a good result. And it looks just like you would expect. This kid is full of surprises. Wow. And he's really good. He's really, yeah. really, really good. And that's on Amazon. Yeah, that's on Amazon. And it's called again, sorry. The Boys. The Boys. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, Darren and I just finished watching, and I, I know you're not fond of this show. At least I think you're not fond of this show. <laughs> we just finished watching the third season of Stranger Things. What if he never left? we locked him out here with us and it's our guilty pleasure i know i know it's not a perfect show but i'm you know i'm an old fan of those those 1980s kids adventure movies like the goonies and it's just it's everything that you want it to be and that it should be and this season by far tops the first and the second season in every way first of all they it's truncated down to eight episodes it's fast and furious it is the majority of this season happens over the course of one night and david harbour who i'm a big fan of i think he's a great actor he just in this season (laughs) ends up for reasons of 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 stress and and uh fear for 
the the girl that he is his adopted daughter, uh, known as Eleven. He turns into Bruce Campbell in, <laughs> in this season, and he's so good. It's it is really all they pull out all the stops That's for this comparison. season, including the budget must have been through the roof. And Carrie Elwes yeah. is a guest star in this right. season, and he's mm-hmm. great as mm-hmm. the corrupt mayor. And um, I I think that Winona Ryder has finally settled into the role very nicely. And these kids are growing older so fast. Mm-hmm. But the real uh, the the real star of the show is this young actress Millie Bobby Brown. Oh yeah, she is phenomenally talented. Every episode, I'm impressed on even a technical level what she's doing as an actress. It is such mature work, and I, I'm. <laughs> I'm just humbled when I watch her work. It's it's pretty impressive. And so that's me for television. Um, the only thing else on my list was uh, I, want, I thought we should, given that we're a podcast, we should probably talk about podcasts we like. Okay. And it occurs to me that, you know, I get this question sometimes by people who listen to our podcasts and want to know what else they should be listening to. And a lot of times I say, if, you, if you're going to listen to one podcast other than ours <laughs> go and download the entirety of s-town immediately mm, yeah s-town is this incredible short series it's only seven episodes long you'll devour it and it's the work of a, a wonderful radio producer by the name of brian reed who's worked on this american life and story Corps. very very experienced guy and he hosts this and produces it and it it follows the story of the true story of this man named john b mclemore who uh, was an antique clock restorer from woodstock alabama and the relationship that they build while brian reed is sort of doing a personality piece on him and finding out about what life is like for somebody who just doesn't feel they have a place and the mind on this guy mm. isn't in, in, incredible and I, I didn't know this but horologists or you know clock specialists particularly people who restore clocks have to be almost megalomaniacal to take on these tasks and really really smart and have a huge body of knowledge this guy's mind just moved at such a rate you could almost hear his own brain torturing him Mm -hmm. in this little town. And then something happens early on into S town that just blows the whole thing open. And what you thought it was about becomes something else. I love that when any, when any story, you know, fiction or nonfiction says we're going over here. And then the storyteller himself goes, hold on, hold hold, hold on. Wait a minute. No, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) this is, this is not what I thought it was. We're going over here instead because it's more interesting, and then the layers just start falling away of this char- from this character, and it's a sh- it's almost a shock every time. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and Brian Reed, I, I really hope he does something else uh, like this because uh, I thought he was he, he you don't hear him host a lot, and I thought he was great. Um, but have you been listening to anything? 
Yes. Uh, as a Pixies fan. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. been devouring uh, the past is prologue, a Pixies podcast. It's a Pixies podcast, an unvarnished, unfiltered document of the true creative process. About the recording of their new and latest album, which they recorded up in Woodstock, New York. Well, first you have to explain to people who don't know who the Pixies are. Oh, God, where do I start? The Pixies are the seminal um, band of the 90s that kind of started off the alternative, not started off, but I mean, they kind of led the way in alternative uh, rock music. They are the yeah. reason there is Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Cobain said, I was surprised when Nevermind came out that people just didn't call us out for making a Pixies ripoff album because that was my intent. <laughs> <laughs> David Bowie's favorite American singer-songwriter is Frank Black from the yeah. uh, Pixies era. And um, Kim Deal, Kim, who went on to found the Breeders. The Breeders. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's notable uh, for sort of the surreal, sort of Dadaist imagery. Uh, Frank Black's inhuman screaming coupled with Kim Deal's angelic voice. Yeah. There's just so many ideas and so much uh, variety packed into each song uh the album do little for me is a just a perfect album yeah i can't i i, I jonathan myberg and i listened to that album over and over again like listen to it like six times in a row back to back and we just sat there and, and challenging ourselves like what could they possibly do to improve this what could you add or take away yeah nothing <laughs> and you know they're older and kim deals hasn't been part of the band enough for a while uh, so they have a, a new female bass player who's fantastic. Paz, I can't, I don't want to say her last name. Called Butcher it. She's Argentinian. And since this is a, this this our podcast is a podcast about creativity, the Pixies podcast really gets on the inside of that process. And you listen to these really seasoned pros, you know, being creative, constructing a song from the beginning. There's there's one song that the tape is rolling as Frank Blank gets the idea. And you get to listen to them nurture it and develop it and hear the producer weigh in and hear, hear how a song comes together. Uh, it's it's pretty granular, but if you're a fan of the Pixies, it's so awesome to listen to Joey Santiago, the guitar player, torturing himself over getting the right guitar punch in. You know, he is absolutely obsessive. <laughs> so you sound like somebody who's off to the guillotine. <laughs> I swear to God, this is what it feels like. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, Joe. Yeah. I steered you wrong on that Los Macheteros. Uh, I know, it's I'm a sorry, step I, up. I realized as soon as I get started playing it, I was like, oh, fuck, I gave it the wrong one. But I figured you'd figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's evident from that exchange between them that Charles has absolute faith in Joey. These two have known each other a long, long time. And what doesn't get said between them? Musical direction from one excuses from the other is as important as what does 
it, it gets really granular. You get to Frank Black, you know, talk for five minutes about where and when to use a tambourine in a song. He has very specific ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm such a fan of the Pixies. I love feeling like I'm in the room with them and hearing uh, and hearing the creativity happen. Uh, it's great. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all I had. Uh, did you have anything else? I do have one more thing. Okay. It's about how I'm sleeping these days. Oh, how are you sleeping? Better. <laughs> Why? No reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you don't tell a story. Um, uh, I bought this high-tech bed from Sleep 8. That's sleep and the number 8 called The Pod okay. from this, Sleep 8. I, this is starting to sound like an advertisement. It's not. It's not. A, not yet. We, we don't have a sponsor. I can tell you that with authority. <laughs> I am not. No, we do not have. We definitely do not have a sponsor. And I'm not shilling for anyone. But I thought this thing was kind of cool. So the problem is, I'm a hot sleeper. I wake up because I'm too hot. Memory foam, especially, makes you hot. So there's this bed with little embedded um, uh, water tubes in the top of the mattress, mm. and it pumps water. Uh, into the top layer of the mattress and it cools you off. It cools the bed off. And the maze, I didn't even know this when I first bought it. Like it co- starts you off really cool. And then throughout the night, it warms you up a little bit. So you just wake up naturally when you're supposed to. I haven't, I haven't used an alarm. I'm remembering all of my dreams now because I'm sleeping all the way through the night. And I didn't even know it did this. I, when I bought it, I didn't know this. There's an app that you use to control the whole thing with. Mm-hmm. You control, you know, left and right sides of the bed independently. Uh, so your spouse can have whatever temperature they want. Uh, so anyway, I, I found out that it actually tracks your sleep fitness. So it tells you like your heart rate, your temperature, your respiration, your REM cycles. Whoa. How many times you tossed and turned the whole thing, what your dream was about. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It replaced your dream for you. Anyway, I was very excited about this. It's very hot in New York, so I bought it. And then it became the first topic of conversation when I went and met Lou Barlow outside of the Bowery Ballroom before his show. And, you know, like a couple of middle-aged men, we started talking about mattresses and how we're sleeping these days. I feel like with all that, all this, with all this data i feel like well man well you can quantify your sleep yeah i'm not look at what i did <laughs> <laughs> so this I'm is your mattress that you have right now yes and i wake okay. up in the morning and i'm at now i'm at work and i get a thing wait a minute you just wake up at work this actually this mattress actually <laughs> the fitness aspect of it has a way of moving you from the mattress to the this thing, wow your I, first your first destination that day you yes. don't even have to think <laughs> I, I no, up. no memory foam. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, so, so I wake up. I go, and no, I go to work the normal okay. way, mm-hmm. and remember the whole trip. Unfortunately, <laughs> and uh, and then I get a message on my phone saying, "Like, would you like to know how you slept last night?" Like, okay, click. And there is. Did you this, give the? Did you give your mattress your email address? Yeah, no, not only that, I can talk to it. It's hooked oh. up to my Alexa, so I can say bed. Chill out, bed. Oh know. wow, you li- you are living a modern life in the future. I think you're already in the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> how did you even like? I'm how do we even schedule this today? <laughs> you're <laughs> really? like you're in the future. I'm like slogging through the past without even air conditioning. <laughs> I've 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 found I've tried to I've recently really taken to quantifying my sleep. You know, like going okay, 
you know, I definitely, I like trying to be like, when was the last text message I sent? Okay, that I went to sleep approximately 10 minutes after that, I think. And then <laughs> I look at the time when I wake up always, and I'm like, okay. So then I, I calculate, it's like, do I, and I want to have like, was it a poor four, a failure five, an almost sufficient six, a solid seven, a great eight, nine, I haven't, thought about what you that would be a fun thing to figure out what kind of nine like nine is almost like you wake up almost disoriented yeah right it's too much it's almost too much i wonder if it i don't know if that scientifically is too much or not it feels but it's like nine is like nine what, what would i don't know the n-word that would really fit the nine i'd have to think about it well no one that they i've never heard nine as a recommendation so <laughs> so it seems excessive <laughs> um well it's four o'clock yeah I'm, I'm rambling there. now. I'm like losing. Or sit there more. Uh, so this, this should be. I don't feel funny anymore. I'm talking. <laughs> about, I'm just starting to talk about music. I'm like, I was about to say. Man. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, then I had the, that brief moment where I felt funny. That was cool. When we were talking about mattresses. Yes. Uh, <laughs> is that enough? That's, I cannot stop talking about himself. Is that a hint? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm talking about you, actually. Oh, yeah. What a dick. I hate that guy. I give him another six months. <laughs> All right, man. The Well is produced, recorded, and... <laughs> the Well is produced, recorded, and edited by Brandon Edgens and myself, Anson Mount. Our special Between Seasons funky theme music is by Brandon Edgens. <laughs> Based on a composition by Jonathan Myberg. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like this episode or the podcast in general, do us a favor and give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcasts. More reviews help us by helping more people find the well. Until next time, everybody. Have a great summer. Have a great summer.